Good afternoon <laughs> and welcome to chapter four of the horrible chocolate. Um, just before I uh, read it, um, I have to say that yesterday I managed to get a huge, huge bargain. Okay, I managed to get um, four, well, it was five books for a pound okay and I got four uh David Williams books and they are amazing they're so funny so I'm going to the I've just got those for the next I don't know how many uh I've got four of those and a Roald Dahl one um to read so we've got lots and lots <laughs> of books for the next however long um so there you go very very pleased with my bargain i was anyway um chapter four of the horrible chocolate and it's called a luminous wig and if you remember yesterday uh bobby fell through the roof of the attic and he's taped it back up again with duct tape um but he found a wig which is what he wanted with a spider which he didn't want anyway Today's is called a luminous wig. Bobby left the house and walked to the most crowded place in town, Badger Square. Bobby figured it must have gotten its name from that awful, scary, ten feet tall statue of a dead badger that for some reason had been placed there a long time ago. But scary badger or not, this was definitely the best place to get people's attention. There was always someone at Badger Square performing some sort of entertainment to get money. Today, there were a handful of street musicians playing long, thin, homemade flutes. It sounded absolutely horrible, but people still listened politely and gave them money. To their left, a tall man wearing nothing but orange pants and green slippers juggled as many as seven coffee cups, which would have been impressive if he didn't break one every now and then. But people seemed to enjoy it anyway, and even gave him more money when he dropped a mug. Perhaps they thought it would help him buy more mugs so that he could practice and become better. With the amount of money they threw in his cup with a broken handle, he could buy as many as he wanted and practice forever. If these guys can make that much money, I bet I can make more, Bobby said to himself. He had forgotten to bring a cup or a box for people to put money in, but he had brought the white wig tape in case the wig got loose again. So he pulled off three strips of tape and taped them to the street, making a big triangle for people to put money in. Then he put the roll of tape under his sweater and jumped up and down, stretching a bit to warm up and draw some attention to himself and away from the juggler. With his bright green suit and his shiny white wig, its huge curls bouncing up and down, attracting people's attention, was no problem. In a couple of minutes, there were enough people gathered around him to start the show. He stopped jumping, 
bowed politely in all directions and pointed towards his money triangle to make sure people knew exactly where to put their money. Then he started to show off all the amazing skills he had learned doing checknastics for half his life. The show was a huge success. While spinning in the air, the crowd cheered, shouting, and children gasped in admiration. But after jumping, spinning and flipping for more than 15 minutes, Bobby got dizzy. But since he was literally on a roll and seeing the money triangle filling up, he decided to continue a little while longer. This was not a good decision. Even more dizzy at the end of an impressive series of back handsprings, he pushed himself off the ground to finish with a double spinning backflip, but bumped into something soft and marshmallowy, as if he had stuffed his head into a bucket of lukewarm mashed potatoes. When Bobby pulled his head out again, he noticed that the bucket of mashed potatoes was the bog's flabby stomach. That's a nice belly you have there, Bobby said, patting the bog gently on the stomach. The bog was not impressed with Bobby's compliment and, without warning, lifted him up with both hands and curled him up like he used newspaper. But then the bog had a rare moment of self-awareness. He noticed that all the spectators did not appreciate him, rolling the entertainment into a ball. So he stopped and stretched Bobby back out, smiled and put his arm around Bobby's shoulder, talking to him as if they were best friends. While the spectators cheered and applauded, he steered Bobby to the money-packed triangle. There he made Bobby bow in all directions until all the spectators left. The bog's smile then disappeared as he grabbed all the money and stuffed it into his own pocket. You annoying, bouncing flea, he snarled. You look like an overgrown frog with a mop on your head. And then he got back to curling Bobby into a ball. When he was happy with his curling effort, he pulled up a manhole cover near the badger statue's feet and dropped Bobby into it like a coin in a slot machine. Bobby managed to uncurl himself in mid-air just before hitting bottom and landed on his feet as light as a weasel. Crap! The bog dragged the manhole cover back into place. <gasps> It was dark down there, but Bobby was surprised how quickly his eyes got used to the darkness. Within seconds, he was actually able to see pretty well. At first, he couldn't understand why. Not a single ray of light came in from the outside. 
But as he wandered deeper into the sewer tunnels, he noticed that the light rocked in rhythm with his steps. The light came from his head. His great-grandfather's wig was so incredibly bright that it shone by itself. <gasps> Wowzers! Oh my goodness me! Wow! Tomorrow we will find out what happens to Bobby down in the sewers. <gasps> oh my goodness! Well, I hope that he gets out, but I also want to know why his wig's glowing. Oh, dearie me, all these questions. <laughs> anyway, you all have the most amazing day, um, but make sure that you take care and stay safe. And I'll see you again tomorrow. And we will read chapter five. Okay. Bye for now.